Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So today I am super excited to share another kindred spirit with you. I literally stumbled across your podcast on the internet through Warwick Schiller's. Somebody on his Facebook shared your podcast and I was like, oh my gosh. So Audrey Duclou, thank you so much for saying yes. I've just spent the last, I don't know, 45 minutes talking to you and I feel like we've been on this planet together a few times. So (laughs) thank you so much for saying yes. Heather, thank you. You know, it's an honor and a pleasure to be interviewed by you. I, I greatly appreciate it too. Well, we'll start with the easiest question or the hardest one some people find. Tell us about yourself, Audrey. Well, I'm a very simple person, but I'm extremely different. I don't really fit anywhere. I know a lot of people that are very intuitive or just more in tune with nature and everything. We're kind of outsiders to everything. But currently, professionally, as a professional, um, I'm a veterinarian. I'm an equine sports medicine veterinarian. I deal specifically with diagnosing uh, lameness and, and performance issues in athletes. And that's what's brought me to what my passion is. My life has brought me here today to, to doing this. But previously, I grew up as a farm girl. I was always in nature. Uh, I've been an athlete. I played basketball and learned a lot about teamwork and you know, getting along with people you may not like personally, but you've got to learn how to play as a team and, and, you know, very much focus and dedication. I've done the corporate thing. I became uh, a journeyman lineman. I climbed poles and did high voltage electricity, and I loved that job. And then I, because of somebody getting killed as a lineman, one of the safest people I knew, I knew I had to change professions, and some other things happened too, but I became a technician at the University of Minnesota. And then I went to vet school in 2003. I graduated from veterinary school in 2007. So I haven't been a veterinarian that long, but my passion is pretty much diagnosing uh, conditions in horses, performance issues in horses that, that nobody else can diagnose and treat. And that's kind of what I specialize in is really difficult performance issues, figuring it out, just going back to the basics and using all the skills that everybody has and doing the best for my patients because they truly, all the horses, all my client horses have been, have taught me everything that I know as a veterinarian. 
I've I've just only had to go back and and review the anatomy and review how everything works together and, and literally get on the horses and ride them and feel it. And they have been the ones that have really taught me to keep things simple. And so that's my philosophy because it's really, for me, it's not about me. It's about them teaching me how to be a better person, how to be a better veterinarian. And it's worked out really well because I've, I've helped so many people and so many horses because of my path in life, you know, doing what I'm doing now, which is what I'm extremely passionate about. And I, I, I give all the credit to my patients who have, who have truly been my greatest teacher. So many times we learn from the animals in our life, whether or not they're patients or our pets or a neighbor's dog. It's incredible how two-leggeds can learn so much from four-leggeds. And they don't speak per se, but they say so much with a look or a feel or, or just even how they interact or won't interact with us. When I heard your podcast, The Horse First, I was like, uh, literally my arms would go up. And as I was mucking stalls going, Audrey, you're so on the ball here. Whether I'm working with humans or animals, it is so true if we just keep it simple. And I think like a Pixar movie. So I get that you kind of, you feel a Pixar movie. Is that correct? Yeah. You, yeah. you're more feeling, I'm more seeing, but the the feel if you say it once in your podcast you say it like i don't know 20 times in the first three minutes like just feel it and we were talking before the podcast about how getting back in our bodies and feeling things is something that more of us need to do to to move forward in life and feeling stuff can sometimes be hard and in dealing with animals that are dealing with health issues, how do you set up that boundary so that you are, so that your empathy doesn't override your objectivity to treat the horse? I think for me, it's, I had to learn, you know, we all come out of veterinary school and we, we kind of have our agenda as veterinarians, as doctors, right? You have this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that's the way that we're taught, plus all this stuff crammed into our heads. And I've never been a really academic person. I I hated school growing up. I was never a good student. And when I went to veterinary school, I had to learn how to study. I had to learn how to be a student and how to learn and how to take tests so I could pass them. Uh, You know, it's a game. And I'm really good at playing sports and playing games, so I, I could figure it out. But when you get out, the biggest mistake I find is you have to have, I think empathy for your patient is the number one thing that you have to have, but it can't overload the emotional aspect of things, right? It's right. got to be, you've got to have facts. And But the most important thing that I find that many veterinarians are lacking is the fact that they're extremely intelligent people, very intelligent, but they, they're so disconnected from their bodies and their, their ability to just have the basic five senses, right? Sight, sound, smell, taste, hear. And my past has enabled me to really focus on those things. And I also trained 
with a, a oriental medicine doctor. Her name is Dr. Fa Choi. And she told me whenever I was training with her that, you know, my patients would be my greatest, greatest teachers, that horses, my patients would never lie. Animals never lie. Humans are the only species that lie. And whenever she said that to me, if I, I always remember that because when I look at a patient, whenever I'm with my patient, I literally say to them, whenever I'm talking to the owner, I'm listening to the history, I'm talking to the trainer, hearing the problems that they're having. But then whenever I go to the, to the horse, I actually, I don't even touch them initially. I just look at them, look clearly right in their eyes and just kind of say, you know, I see you, I'm, I'm here to help you. And it is this connection that you have to have because most of the time people just walk up and they just touch the horses and the horses are like, who are you touching me? Right. right. And yeah. they're poking on me. They have no respect for the animal. Right. And I, I find that is something just like any person listening and they bring their dog to the vet and the vet just grabs the dog, sticks the thermometer in their butt right, right? Right. and doesn't even pet them or say, Hey, how are you doing? Right. Like it's so disrespectful in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And so for me, it's more, I find that everything that the horse, because I know that they'll never lie to me, that anytime they react to something that I'm doing when I'm examining them, there's something wrong there. If they can pick up one left, like their hind leg, like they can pick up their left hind leg, but they can't pick up the right hind leg. There is something wrong with their right hind leg. I mean, this is how simple it is. Right. But my profession, they don't even they don't even recognize that the horse can't pick up its right can't pick up its right hind leg. Mm-hmm. Or if you go to pick up its right front leg, it turns and tries to bite you. Or you palpate underneath its sternum and it it pins its ears and stomps its legs and that nobody is recognizing these signs as Something is wrong, and the animals are trying to communicate with us by telling us, and it's the only way they can. They can't verbalize and say, hey, lady, that hurts, you know. Right. It just gets seen as a behavior problem more than a pain issue. Exactly. Or an attitude as opposed to a pain issue. Like, oh, that horse is just lazy, or that horse is always cranky, or that's a mare. Of course she's going to act that way, or... And and where did these perceptions come from is my question. It's like, how how did those stereotypes get started? <laughs> right. And they shouldn't even be there. And that's the thing that I I have a hard time with, you know, it, with, with not just my profession, but people in general, mm-hmm. is that horses are the only species that have decided for, I don't know what reason, to actually cooperate with humans. You know, dogs are different. They're they're a domestic species. But horses, they can break down the stalls. They can jump out of the fences. They can run away. They don't have to be part of us or have any – why do they go out and jump? Like, that's, that's not something that they do naturally. Now, cutting horses are natural at that, but reining horses and dressage horses and Western Pleasure and Huntsy, I mean, why do they even let us get on them? Right. And, and this is the thing that I've – it's this cooperation with humans that I have no idea why they allow us to do what we do with them. And I, and it's having that respect for them that I think makes me very different because I think every horse, like I ride a lot of my client horses because I want to be able to feel them. I want to feel the problem. I want to be able
know what is exactly happening because I deal with very minor, you know, major issues that become minor issues, and then we just deal with the little minor issues. And those are the hardest ones to, to get to where the horse is feeling completely comfortable. Mm. And I think getting on them and feeling them, but every time I do, I always put my hand on their, on their withers in front of them and just rub them and say, thank you. You know, I'm here as a team. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize is it is everything with a horse is a team sport. I don't care if you're, you're doing whatever sport you're doing or even trail riding. They are not machines. They are not a motorcycle. They're nothing. They are a living, breathing being. And many people don't recognize that in them. And they're just a means to an end. And for me, they're more than that. I'm, I, I see them very different. They, they've taught me, horses have been part of my life, my whole life, and I just know that my comfort and my, you know, my soul is so, I feel so at peace when I'm with them. It's, it's where I, I'm at my calmest whenever I have my dog with me and whenever I'm with my horses. And I think most people are, can, are get horses become in their, come into their life or they, they find horses because of those reasons, because of that law. They are missing that within themselves. And that's what I've learned a lot from watching, you know, being a veterinarian and dealing with all the, all the problems you deal with as a, you know, as an athlete, you know, you got the trainer, owner, veterinarian triangle. And a lot of times the priority isn't always the horse. It's about getting into the show ring. And I always have to be the person that, you know, is the voice for the horse. You know, I have to, I feel like because of, what I do know, I have to be their advocate and I have to speak for them. And a lot of people don't like that about me. And I respect that, but I'll always listen to them, but they, they need to listen to me too. And I do fire clients very quickly. If they don't listen, they, if they, if I say you cannot show your horse for two weeks, it needs to rehab or three weeks and they, they go out there and show it, then they're fired. Yeah. I, I, it's, too hard for me with the horses. The people, they have their own agendas. But for me, my agenda is always getting the horse out of pain and getting back to performance at the time that it needs because it's it's not fair to them because they have absolutely no say in it. They have absolutely no say in whether they're ridden, whether they're fed. I mean, they are taken care of by us. They have no choice in any of it. So... I have so much respect for horses. Well, and I have so much respect for your boundaries <laughs> and your advocacy because it you're you're coming from a place now with quote unquote letters behind your name and people respect labels sometimes and to to take on advocating for the horse through your podcast, through your work, through your clinic, through through your interactions just with other people, to me, those attributes are what make me smile and cheer and, and say, okay, we need to get you more of a platform because this is, the horses are a piece of it, but it's like you're advocating for more than the horse. You're advocating for 
just respect. You're advocating for awareness. You're advocating for being present. Like there's there's layers from what I see just sitting over here like my crow in the tree to what your whole process and purpose is. The the horse is, is part of the messenger and part of the almost the hook in a sense. But if people were to listen to what you're saying, it goes deeper than horses, really. Yeah, I, I find that's true because, but you have to understand, Heather, I have a great, I'm, like my clients, I love my clients. Oh, and I'm not taking away from that. Like they are. No, but, uh, yeah. no, but I'm just saying, I mean, it is that because, and we've grown, I, I love the aspect that we've grown together. Like I have clients from the very beginning when I started practicing, oh, when I wasn't figuring out all these problems that were happening with a lot of these horses. And it's, you know, we, it's this big growth that we were like, Oh my God, do you remember when, (laughs) you know, like I didn't even know how to do this. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's such a great thing. Right. But it's, it's also like therapy for all of us as individuals. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. I'm just so fortunate in my profession because I find it's, it is that disconnect that a lot of veterinarians that get, you know, there's a high suicide rate in veterinarians true. And, and, and addiction rates in, in my profession. And I think it's because we all get into this because we love animals. Yeah. But once you get into being a veterinarian, it is a rat race. And it's not always about the animal. Mm-hmm. It becomes more about money. It becomes more about them as, you know, as an individual and their ego and the horses they work on and how much money those horses are making or how much money you made. Um, and it's interesting to me. And I, I just, I've done the West Palm Beach, Wellington thing. I, you know, I, I have clients there, but I have, I, um, I can't do that rat race because it becomes less about the horse and it all becomes about just the show ring and buying one horse whenever one breaks and not fixing it oh. and, you know, or one, when one become, becomes behavioral and you can't ride it anymore. Mm-hmm. Taking the time to actually solve the problems and help the horse get back feeling better and getting back into the show ring. I, I don't have clients like that anymore. I couldn't handle it because my focus is always, always on the horse. Yeah. And when you lose sight of that, as a, as a professional, when you lose sight of that, I think that's where people have a hard time, you know, because we came to veterinarians because we love animals. But I find that people, it's that disconnect that we were talking about earlier, Heather, is, you know, I find so many people are so outside their body. They're all inside their head. And that's part of the problem. And I, I just feel like saying to people, hey, let's just all dance. Like, get up. Let's just dance. Like, I, who cares what anyone thinks, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but shake it off. People do, people do right? I, I, I love dancing. It's my therapy. It's but horses are more my therapy. But I just find that people are so reserved. They're so guarded, and I'm very different because I'm the same person whether I'm a veterinarian or from being a journeyman lineman or an athlete. I'm just more mature at this age. Well, at least I think I am. <laughs> That's my own perspective of it but it's you know people are so guarded and because they have to be the professional and I find that I'm just me and it's people aren't used to that like a lot of my whenever I get a new client they're like 
does she always talk like this to everyone? They're like, yeah, this is who she is. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not used to that. (laughs) (laughs) We all need to have a passion about what we do or we're on the wrong path. Yeah. We need to do something else. If you're not passionate about being what are doing what you're doing, then make that change. But I find it's always the fear of change that stops people. And I'm not that type of person. I don't care about change. You can tell me tomorrow, like, I need to move to New Zealand. I'll go, okay, well, we'll do it. Right? I'll, I'll do it. If the universe says, Audrey, you need to go to New Zealand, I'll be like, okay, here we go. You know, because it doesn't bother me. The change, change doesn't bother me. I, I could never work in, like, a plant where you have to put the pieces in the same spots every single day. I would just, ugh. I would be the most miserable person because yeah, I don't like monotony. Yeah, I, I like everything different every day. I, I don't like structure. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to have structure, but I like to be very organized. Organized and structure are two different things. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't two like the structure. Things. I have to take an hour and a half to see a patient or two hours or even three hours. I'm going to take that time. Yeah. I don't want somebody telling me I can't, I, I've only got 20 minutes. I'm like, 20 minutes? I can't do anything in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you you got to take the time. And I think that's a very big thing that people are lacking, too, is they always feel rushed. All that's like, sport, especially the equine vets, they're in and out, in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. They're running crazy. And I'm like, I, I just take my time. I don't mm-hmm. rush because I feel it's a disrespect to the animal. It's a disrespect to the owner who's paying the bills. Yeah. And it's a disrespect to the trainer that's trying to solve the problems that they're having with the horse, with the owner's horse. And it's my job to help them as a team, working as a team, not me just having the answers. Because I can tell you, Heather, I videotape every single uh, case, every single patient I see every single day. And the number one thing I say on all my videos is, oh, my God, I have no idea. <laughs> like I say, I don't know. And, you know, I, many times I have no idea, but I, I go home and I figure it out. Yeah. It and gets that's revealed. from not sleeping from two thirty in the morning until five in the morning yeah. all the time. But I feel like that's the time where I need it. That's when I feel I'm more open Yeah, uh, where I can be, or I go sit in the woods or, yeah. Or I, I go be with my horse where I'm quiet, you know, where I can be quiet just with them or with my dog. I mean, Abilene. But it's always it's always remembering what you what you should be doing. And, and my life has taken me to this path to where I'm at right now. And isn't that awesome? So with your, like, I'm going to transition a little bit. How does your intuition come to you? Like, how do you get your nudge to know to do the next thing? Or you did allude just now about going and being still, going and being with your animals to help you get in a space of receiving and openness. Do you sense things? Do you hear things? Do you feel things? Like, you do feel things, obviously. But how does it come? Is it all through feel? Or how does it come to you? It's different for me, Heather. It's, you know, whenever, ever since I've been a little kid, I've always, you know, like I can sit underneath. I remember the first time I sat underneath the tree and I was probably five years old and I felt that draw, like that energy draw. And I, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But I was just a little kid. I'll never forget it. But I had always that feeling whenever I was around my animals too. Like I could just 
feel them. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, like a lot of times with my patients, people are, think it's some kind of voodoo thing, but I think we all have that. Mothers have that with their children. This is not some voodoo thing. This is something that we're all born with. And I, when I was a child, I spent a lot, because I was a farm kid, I spent a lot of time in nature. I spent a lot of time with my animals. And, but as an adult, I have used those skills of, if I touch a horse, one of my patients, and I, my stomach gets upset, I know it's not me. Or if I, if I am around them and it, it comes, like, just, it's not words or anything. It's like, or I'll have a massive headache or my neck will start, my lower neck will start hurting. I'm like, it gives me direction. Or I'll just say it out loud, like, your horse has got a horrible headache. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, I'm really serious. Your horse's head is killing it. And they just look at me strange, but everybody knows, oh, it's just Audrey. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. They do now. New clients are like, okay, that's different. But I just, you know, I don't, I listen to that stuff because I find that it is those things, those, we as humans have, we have lost that connection to the ability to actually listen to nature and to listen to our our own intuition and listen to our guides. I don't care what you call it, God, Buddha, I call it just being spiritual, but listening to the universe because I do, I have meditated all my life. I I can be driving, and I don't think I'm just kind of meditating, and I'm looking. I don't listen to the radio. I don't. I drive a lot. I just kind of I'm there. I'm just being, and just looking at nature and everything. But I I love to. I meditate a lot, you know, and I love that that feeling when you meditate. You know, the I get tingling sensation in my head. You know, it's like, for me, it's a plug. It's all through your breath. I mean, breath is life, right, Heather? Yes. And whenever you're breathing, it's just your breath that takes you there. If you can get all the crap out of your head. And that's why I mean, I, I'm very different because I've never really been a headsy person. I've always been very much here, like loving life, enjoying life, noticing everything. And I think because of that, I can, I can tune into the animals. And it's not always like that. You know, some horses, I don't feel anything. I just pay attention. I observe just by sight, sound, hearing, taste. Sometimes I taste for feed and everything else, but and smell. Just using those observation skills. For me, my intuition is, is something that I have had since I was a little child, and I've never lost it. It helped me as an athlete to be a better athlete because I would literally lay before games I just lay on my back and see, visualize, and just be. And it made my performance so much better because it's a different state. It's a different energy. It's a different vibration, you know. And I I feel like another connection to me is with horses and animals and even people is my vibration, my frequency is about the same as theirs. And I put pressure on people and I put pressure on horses because you can push that, right? You can, yeah. you can push. Yes. And I, I push. I push on people a lot to do the right thing for their horses. Yes. And it's uncomfortable for them. They don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, and I know when I'm doing it because it, it's like, no, you need to do this. You, you need, need to, to do, do the right thing. Yeah. Because your horse is going to be fine. Intuition to me is just an everyday thing. And it, it's, if only people would learn to listen to it, it's 
not a voodoo thing. I mean, there's science behind it. They can hook up electrodes to people and, and put them into yogurt, and they can see that just your thought process shows a difference in, like, you can think about something and the wavelengths are really low, and then you think about your lawyer or something bad that happened to you, and it's herky-jerky, right? It's yeah. different. It's a different vibration. It's a different frequency. It's all energy. It's yeah. just balancing that energy and how it flows. And for me, that's just how I see things, and, and it's enabled me with my patients to help them. And to help their clients and, and the trainers, too, the people. I don't, I don't think this is just about horses, but it is for me. But I do help people, too, because all my clients hug me. Like, COVID has been kind of a hard thing for all my clients, even though they still do. <laughs> they just go, oh, my God, Audrey, you know, still, I got to hug you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, we just turn our heads and have yeah. masks on. Yeah. But people, you know, I miss that about my clients. Like, I can't hug them. Because I do, I, I find the people portion of this is really important to me too. You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I adore my clients and I love their horses. And I think because I am different, Heather, I'm not such a brainiac. Uh, I, I know I'm a, a highly intelligent person, but I find that it is the fact that I care. I, I truly care and people know it. Yeah. It's not just a job for me. Exactly. And People can relate to that whenever, you know, you know that from meeting people in what you're doing. Yeah. You can tell when people are very passionate about what they do and, and that they're doing what they should be doing, just like any musician that plays or whatever. It's it's a it's an art. It's a gift. And I feel like I this is life has taken me here to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, I just tell horses, you know, and people. Well, and you have had the awareness to purge the people that don't resonate you yep. firing clients that don't resonate it's like we're to, we don't match so you need to go over there and when you surround yourself with that matching community for lack of a better word then amazing things can happen and i think that discernment with intuition going together helps bring those good things to life because you're you're getting rid of the people who are the naysayers or the people that are going to try and block the flow and you're surrounding yourself with the people who are on board and saying yes and just like this podcast i i'm like oh they of course they're going to be a great guest because they said yes so it's going to be wonderful but just even like matching up with the right owners who are going to say yes and do the right thing for their horse it's incredible how intuition can bring them to you and you can take them to the next steps. And, and I mean, even, I mean, I'm going a little bit broad and this is a huge, this is a topic for the next podcast, Audrey, but how you have done such incredible work with two aspects in specific lameness to horses that, you know, the textbooks say shouldn't be fixable. And yet you found clients who are willing to take on doing this journey with you and horses willing to do this journey with you. And you've, you've found science willing to do this journey with you. And that to me is also a whole beautiful intuitive story that Perhaps it will do next time. <laughs> Cause, right. Cause, we, haven't even, we haven't even talked about the things 
you know, yeah. shivers and string halt. And that's been around for thousands of years in horses, right? We haven't even gone into that because, you know, it's... That's next time. People, yeah, that's next because, you know, Heather, and, and if I, I find that it's all, as you and I both know, it's, it's, a, it's a process of figuring out where you fit and what you need to be doing in life. And I find that if you don't, if you don't have an agenda and you just listen to your gut, you know, that people say my gut or mother's intuition or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, for me also, I, I notice um, like eagles and hawks and stuff like that. I have guides like that. If I start seeing a lot of them <laughs> lined up, as I'm driving down the highway, I'm like, oh, I better pay attention to something, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I have them. They'll just fly right alongside me as yeah. I'm driving, or they'll fly right in front of me. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I got to, because they are my spiritual guide, like besides horses and yeah. other things. But, you know, you people think that's kind of wacky voodoo stuff, but it's, it's not. not. It, <laughs> it's not. We're all interconnected, no matter if it's a butterfly or a bee. We can't. For people to think that it's all separate, that's fine. But I don't really see the world like that. I see that the world is we're all we're all here to help each other and 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 live on this earth. And just you and I trying to do what we do too, right? We're trying to we're trying to help. And if I can do it through horses and you can do it through people and your podcast, then for me that's that's a beautiful thing. And we just need to keep doing it yeah. so that we can. We can help others, you know, because a lot of people are, are searching. And if they can just listen to other people talk about things, it may help them resonate that they're not so different mm-hmm. and that they can do it themselves. You don't need to. Sometimes you just have to decide for yourself whether you're going to do it and and not be fearful of it, not be fearful of the change or what you're going to realize about yourself. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's realizing what your weaknesses are that really builds your strength and, and not focus on the weaknesses, but focus on your strengths. You have to deal with the weakness and know what it is. But if you truly know what your strengths are in life, you, you can do anything. There is no limit to what you can do. You know, people always limit things by their, the mistakes they make. And people, veterinarians are the same way. Like they, they can't fix a horse. So they, they just give up and, and I think to myself, well, if the whole patient isn't getting better, then I need to be better. And it's way. just taking on that attitude of, of, of the strength of it versus the failure of it. Because failures are what really teach you how strong you are. Yeah. And that's the way I pretty much live life. And I see horses as the same, as the same thing. They're just extremely strong, uh, beautiful animals, so powerful. And yes, they have weakness, beautiful. but... Most of the time, they're big, beautiful, and powerful, and strong. You know, Uh, that's just how I, and they're my greatest teachers, so. Well, Audrey, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing everything you've shared today, because I think there's so many nuggets that people can grab onto and and run with themselves. And I am super excited to do number two with you, (laughs) because... I know there's more. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and and thank you so much. I mean, it really, it's a it's a great honor uh, just doing this. So thank you. All right. Well, until next time. All right. Sounds good. Take care. You too. 
thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.